Behold the light of the Shadow Isles. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of League Lore and More. As we continue our Shadow Isles series with Hecarim or Hecarim, known as the Shadow of War. He was uh, referenced several times last week in Callista's lore and story, and he was uh, released before Callista. He was released back on April 18th of 2012, uh, I believe as the 96th champion in League of Legends. He is a fighter slash tank who is most commonly found in the jungle and in certain metas will be played as a solo laner in the top lane. Uh, but the jungle is, uh, you know, 99% of his play. Um, he is a... In in life before the ruination, he was a knight commander of the Iron Order for King Viego. Uh, as an undead spirit, he takes the form of a uh, centaur. Um... So not not a knight on a horse. He is a half man, half horse spectral being. He carries a very long. Because uh, I'm not really sure what the weapon is called. Um, if it's uh, uh it'd be a, gl a glaive, I guess. Uh, it's a very long uh, spear that has a long, sharp end to it. So instead of just kind of a normal, short, pointy end of a traditional spear, I guess a glaive has a more curved longer blade uh, to it on the end of a, a long staff um, so that that that's the the form he takes and that kind of uh, is what impacts his abilities uh, his passive ability is called warpath and Hecram gains uh, bonus uh, attack damage equal to a certain percentage of his movement speed so this is one of two abilities in the game that scale off of movement speed. The other is uh, Janna's passive Tailwind. Um, and so, yeah, so if you build items that give you attack damage, um, or sorry, if you build items that give you um, uh, more movement speed on top of what you gain just by leveling up. So, yeah boots and uh, so there's some other items that give you a percentage uh, boost to your movement speed that will uh, increase your attack damage as well uh, his Q is called rampage and he will uh, Hecram will cleave his glaive around himself so he'll just like spin his glaive kind of in a circle around himself um, dealing damage to nearby enemies um Damaging an enemy with Rampage uh, gains a stack of Rampage for 6 seconds, refreshing on subsequent damage and stacking up to 3 times. Um, and each stack will just increase Rampage's damage and reduce its cooldown. Um, so it's good to uh, not whiff on your uh, Q when you hit it, or when you try to use it. His W is called Spirit of Dread. Uh, Hecram surrounds himself with the Spirit of Dread for four seconds, dealing damage every second to nearby enemies. So you'll get this circle radius around you, which is your Spirit of Dread. 
Um, while active, Hecarim gains armor and magic resistance and heals himself for a percentage of the damage dealt to the enemies in the area. His E is called Devastating Charge. Hecarim becomes ghosted, uh, which means you can move through units and you have increased speed. Um, and gains uh, 25 to 65% movement speed uh, for 4 seconds. Um, and that is not that he gains that based on like the rank at which you have the ability. Uh, it's like a, you charge up, you get faster and faster as the time, as the channel goes on uh, over the 4 seconds. Uh, during this time, Hecram empowers his next basic attack to deal... Um, or to um, gain range, so like your attack can be cast from farther away, and you will. It's coded as a dash in the target direction, but you will um. Basically, knock back into uh, an enemy. Um, dealing the the damage to them and knocking them back. Um, And then, like, at the end of it, like, after you, like, knock them back, it's technically, like, a stun for, like, a quarter of a second. Um, and then the damage is dealt. So um, the, the trick here is to usually to run behind someone uh, and push them back into your team if possible. Um, but uh, a lot of times it's used as a, a movement speed buff uh, since you can get going uh, pretty fast uh, with it. His ultimate is called Onslaught of Shadows. Hecram dashes um, and cannot be displaced during the dash uh, to a target location and summons five spectral riders in an arrow formation that charge alongside him in the target direction, dealing damage to all enemies in the path. Upon arrival, he fears nearby enemies for uh, a certain time duration based on if you've leveled up your ultimate, and slows them um, for that same duration that he fears them. So, you know, you select where you're going to ult to, Hecram starts dashing there, and then you'll see two on each side, or two on one side, three on the other, to form five uh, ghostly riders that just kind of, they increase the width of the onslaught, and so you can fear and damage more people. Um, Hecram is likely inspired by, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, specifically the war horsemen. Um, there are thoughts that the onslaught of shadows might be referencing the fight, um, with Ganondorf in the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess game. And the spectral riders that appear with the onslaught of shadows used to be members of the iron order in which Hecram was the knight commander of. Uh, and with him, they did also become undead when the ruination, uh, took place. Uh, so that is the intro to the champion for Hecram. And now we can see the lore and the background for him. Uh, we got a little bit last week as he kind of, killed Callista and seemed to be all kind of pro 
pro-Viego in that sense of, you know, destroying everything and being a, a, a ghastly ghoul. Um, so without further ado, I hope you learned something. I always do. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Hecarim, the Shadow of War Born into an empire long since gone to dust and forgotten, Hecarim was a lieutenant of the Iron Order, a brotherhood sworn to defend their king's lands. As Hecarim won victory after victory from the back of his mighty warhorse, the commander of the Iron Order saw in him a potential successor, but also a growing darkness. His obsessive hunger for glory was eroding his honor, and over time the knight commander came to realize this young lieutenant must never lead them. When he was told this, Hecram was furious. Even so, he bit back his anger and continued in his duties. When they next rode to war, the commander found himself surrounded by enemies and cut off from his fellow knights. Hecram, seeing his chance, turned away and left him to die. At battle's end, the Iron Order, oblivious to what Hecram had done, knelt on the bloody ground and swore allegiance to him. Hecram rode to the capital to take his formal oaths, and met with Callista, the king's most trusted general. She recognized his prowess and leadership, and when the queen was wounded by an assassin's poisoned blade, Callista was comforted to know the Iron Order would remain with the king while she sought a cure. Gripped by paranoia and seeing new threats in every shadow, the king raged at those he believed were trying to separate him from his dying wife, and dispatched Hecram to quell dissent throughout the kingdom. The Iron Order earned a dreadful reputation as ruthless enforcers of the king's will. Towns and villages burned, hundreds were put to the sword. With grim inevitability when the queen died, Hecram chose to sour the king's grief into hatred, seeking sanction to lead the Iron Order into foreign lands. He would avenge her death while earning yet more dark renown for himself. But before they could ride out, Callista returned. She had found what she sought upon the distant Blessed Isles, and yet it was now too late. The king would not believe this and had Callista imprisoned as a traitor. Intrigued by what he had heard, Hecram visited her cell and they spoke of the pale mists that protected the islands from all invaders, and also of the inhabitants' immense wealth, including the legendary Waters of Life. Knowing only Callista could lead them there, Hecram eventually persuaded her to guide the king's fleet through the veil that concealed the Blessed Isles from mortal sight. They landed at the city of Helia, with the queen's body in solemn procession. The Iron Order led the way, only to be met by the city's masters, who now refused to help. Enraged, the king ordered Callista to kill them, but she refused, and Hecram smiled as he made the decision that would damn him for eternity. He drove a spear through Callista's back and ordered his knights to ransack the city, looting its vaults of arcane treasures. Amid the chaos, a lowly custodian agreed to grant the king access to the waters of life, 
but not even this could distract Hecram from the revelry of bloodshed, and so it was that that the ruination of the Blessed Isles would take him almost completely by surprise. A blast wave of magical force tore across Helia, shattering every last building and leaving the fragments suspended in searing unlight. In its wake came the black mist, a billowing hurricane that dragged every living creature it touched into its shrieking, roiling embrace. Hecram tried to rally the Iron Order, hoping to make it back to their ships, but the mist claimed them one by one as they fled. Alone and defiant to the end, the Knight Commander was taken by the shadows. He and his mighty steed were fused into a monstrous spectral abomination that reflected the darkness in Hecram's heart. A brazen creature of fury and spite, at one with the black mist, and yet utterly enslaved by it. Bound forevermore to these shadow isles, Hecram has spent centuries in a sinister mockery of his former life. Cursed to patrol the nightmarish lands he once intended to conquer. Whenever the Black Mist reaches out beyond their shores, he and the otherworldly hosts of the Iron Order ride out to slaughter the living, in memory of glories long past. I do not rest. The short story for Hecram is called No One Lives. Icy waves crash on the bleak shore, red with the blood of the men Hecram had already butchered. The mortals he had yet to kill were retreating over the beach in terror. Black rain doused them and storm clouds boiled in from the mourning heart of the island. He heard them shouting to one another. The words were a guttural battle cant he did not recognize. But the meaning was clear. They actually thought they might live to reach their ship. True, they had some skill. They moved as one, wooden shields interlocked, but they were mortal and Hecram savored the meat stink of their fear. He circled them, threading crumbling ruins and unseen in the shadowed mist rising from the ashen sand. The echoing thunder of his hooves struck sparks from black rocks. It gnawed at their courage. He watched the mortals through the slitted visor of his helm. The weak light of their wretched spirits was flickering, corposent in their flesh. It repulsed him even as he craved it. No one lives, he said. His voice was muffled by the dread iron of his helm, like the corpse rasp of a hanged man. The sound scraped along their nerves like rusted blades. He drank in their terror and grinned as one man threw down his shield and ran for the ship in desperation. He bellowed as he galloped from the weed-choked ruins, lowering his hooked glaive and feeling the old thrill of the charge. A memory flickered riding at the head of a silver host. Winning glory and honor, the memory faded as the man reached the dark surf of his shoulder. Please, no, he cried. Hecram split him from collarbone to pelvis in one thunderous blow. His ebon-bladed glaive pulsed as it bathed in blood. The fragile wisp of the man's spirit sought to fly free, but the mist's hunger would not be cheated. Hecram watched as the soul was twisted into a dark reflection of the man's life. Hecram drew the power of the island to him, and the blood, bloody surf churned with motion as a host of dark nights wreathed in shimmering light rose from the water. Sealed within archaic plates of ghostly iron, they drew black swords that glimmered with dark radiance. He should know these men. They had served him once and served him still, but he had no memory of them. He turned back towards the mortals on the beach. He parted the mists, 
reveling in their terror as they saw him clearly for the first time. His colossal form was a nightmarish hybrid of man and horse, a chimeric juggernaut of brazen iron. The plates of his body were stark and stamped with etchings whose meanings he only vaguely recalled. Bale fire smoldered behind his visor, the spirit within cold and dead, yet hatefully vital. Hecram reared as forking traceries of lightning split the sky. He lowered his glaive and led his knights in the charge, throwing up giant clumps of blood-sodden sand and bone fragments as he went. Immortals screamed and brought up their shields, but the ghost knight's charge was unstoppable. Hecram struck first, as was his right, as their master, and the thunderous impact splintered the shield wall wide open. Men were trampled to bloody gruel beneath his iron-shod bulk. His glaive struck out left and right, killing with every strike. The ghost knights crushed all before them, slaughtering the living in a fury of thrashing hooves, stabbing lances, and chopping blades. Bones cracked and blood sprayed as mortal spirits fled broken bodies, already trapped between life and death by the fell magic of the ruined king. The spirits of the dead circled Hecram, beholden to him as their killer, and he reveled in the surging joy of battle. He ignored the wailing spirits. He had no interest in enslaving them. Leave such petty cruelties to the chain wardened. All Hecram cared for was killing. The end. The souls beg for release. So there we have the story of Hecram. He is a bloodthirsty knight who, as time went on, lost his honor uh, in favor of bloodshed and power and control and you know, indirectly is the reason his previous um, commander dies. Um, and yeah, not not someone who it, it was someone who would probably fit in in the Game of Thrones universe and you know, someone who you know, if you're Viego you're, and you want to get stuff done, then sure, he's he's the guy who's going to get stuff done. But also, you gotta kind of got to wonder if at some point, you know, the Iron Order is going to be the equivalent of the Praetorian Guard in, you know, uh, medieval ancient times here in you know on earth where when they didn't like the king the emperor whatever the title they just deposed him and put in a new one happened multiple times um so kind of seems like that would be where this was headed um had the ruination not happened um because you know viego is wrought with grief and kind of losing his mind um, over the death of his wife. And then, you know, Hecram's probably, you know, he's already supplanted one person uh, via removing them from existence. So who's, you know, it's not a, 
far-fetched idea that he would do it to the king uh, and, you know, take his place. That's what he does. He takes other people's places. Um, kind of took Callista's place as the top general, I would assume, after he kills her for refusing to comply with uh, Viego's orders. So, um, the Iron Order is, uh, yeah, so, like, definitely see it as kind of like a four horsemen of the pot. Not, not that there's only four in there, there's more. Um, but in that same vein, or kind of like the Wild Hunt uh, from the Witcher series, um, it's an interesting concept and, and figure, and something that I feel like they could... Um, really uh, expand on almost kind of like a ring wraiths type situation uh from lord of the rings where like you know they could introduce other members of the iron order and uh, have them leading different factions of viego's uh armies uh during ruination or during harrowings um you know engaging in battles against, you know, Lucian and Senna and uh, the other Sentinels of Light. But um, that's all for another day and most likely not a day that will ever occur. Um, that's just my imagination. So um, we will take off for the day uh, and wrap up Hecarim or Hecarim, however you wish to pronounce it uh, i say hecarim and yeah we will continue next week with our champions and we will also have a special episode tomorrow um or maybe thursday depending on when i can post it but recording tomorrow where um we will be it will be a league episode it's not a lore episode but a league episode so we'll be talking about the uh return the new season starting of the lcs and the lec in europe and doing a team draft with a couple other people not just uh, atreyu like we have done the past couple years for the world championship um we'll be having uh we'll be having that as so a season-long competition instead of just a month long like the world's one is and kind of some, some other discussions and, and, and bets on, on those seasons uh, that I am excited about. And um, that's something that uh, you can look forward to as well. Uh, or you can come back next week for uh, the next champion who will be um, only one of a few that we have left, uh, you know, Mordekaiser, Gwen, uh, Elise uh, are the big ones, um, Maokai. And so, um, yeah, we will dig into one of those. Uh, so uh, until then, I hope you have a great week, and I will see you all next time. Another blue ribbon for Hecarim.